Welcome, everybody, to another conversation of Beyond Psychedelics. Really excited. Today's uh, conversation is with Dr. Curran and with Daphne Barron, founder of Serotina Media. Daphne, we first connected with at the Psychedelic Science event that took place in Denver in June. Um, from the very beginning, high energy, really fun. Somebody really energetic to speak with. The dynamic of conversation really evolved. And as she started to share what she's doing in this space, we said, oh, we got to connect with you further. There's definitely some possibility to create. There's definitely some space for us to bring value into the space. And as I did some deeper understanding of who uh, Daphne is, having some conversation with her, it's amazing. I love what you say in regards to being a creative, by, a scientist by trade, a creative by choice, marker by opportunity, people lover by nature. It's, I think from, from, from that perspective, Daphne, just getting a little bit of the sense of who you are in the conversation that we've had, I can see that. I can see yeah. that. I'm really excited to touch in. <laughs> Multiple entrepreneur, you're currently running a search in the media for the, uh, it's about to be five years. Congratulations. That's a big accomplishment. Thank you. You're welcome. And you got a couple of other ones currently in development. So really excited to explore this further. Thank you for being here. Yeah, totally. I'm excited to have a chat. Yeah. Dr. Perrin, thank you as well for taking time today to be here with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Sebastian. And thank you, Daphne. And it's really exciting to have a conversation with somebody more on the public awareness side of what we're doing in the psychedelic space, and more importantly, the integration of having that public impression, that understanding, that visual perspective for 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 everybody to understand what's taking place and what we talk about, right, when it comes to psychedelics, mental health. So I'm really excited. It's Friday. Can't complain. And, and Daphne, just for reference, are you in Toronto? I am. I am Ooh. sitting in Toronto currently. That is an awesome city. Awesome yes. city. I'm very, very familiar with uh, T-Dot, as they call it, and a lot of the nuances <laughs> there, but I digress. Happy to have you here. Amazing. Thanks so for having me. Of course. Of course. It's a pleasure. It's a, it's honor. honestly a privilege. Really excited. So for anyone that's listening that's never heard of Saratina nor Daphne, Daphne, could you give um, the audience a bit of an understanding as to who you are? You've gone from Miami to New York, Toronto, obviously, like we just talked about. So we could just give a short... Uh, not history, but understanding as to who you are and why you're here. A little, little intro, why yeah. am I here? Hi. So I'm from Montreal originally. Now I'm based in Toronto. I started the media agency solo as a freelancer of one. And we just kept building throughout the years. We've always had a very brand approach to what we do. Um, and throughout my professional career, I've worked in all of the industries. But now we realize we have quite a niche in the premium kind of like disruptor brands, if you will, not in an aggressive way, but more they're looking to do things differently. They need to communicate differently. And what we do is we were the master of social, social media. So predominantly organic, some paid. But what we really do is make sure that why you're different, who you're different as a brand, and therefore as a business, we communicate that properly to your desired customer or consumer. Again, like depending on the industry could flex. But like I said, I started it six years ago as a freelancer of one, you know, doing the content calendars myself, taking all the photos myself, doing all the captions, hashtags, you name it. And just naturally through growth, we started to hire and now we're 12 and growing. And uh, it's so much fun. I absolutely love what I do. So good. And you're doing such a big service because there's a lot of people right now, specifically in business that when it comes to branding, they understand the importance of it. But when it comes to the how to, that's where they get blocked. So from your, from your experience and from what you've done, especially in the psychedelic space, which is ever evolving and it's really just yeah. beginning, 
Mm-hmm. When someone's entering a new space like this, and again, like this, I mean, psychedelic wise, how can building mm-hmm. a strong brand help a business establish credibility and also gain that sense of trust with their potential customer that they're looking to reach? I mean, branding is the hardest part of marketing and, every, you know, everyone's got their own tricks. And But we go back to the foundation. Who are you? Why are you different? Why do people care? So we, especially with an, either a new brand or new service launch, we kind of talk about it like dating. Why would anyone be interested? It's like a first date, right? So you're probably going to try and do your due diligence. Who are they? Uh, your target customer, consumer, right? What are their, who are they? What do they want? What do they need? And therefore, how is my product or service? Again, if it's, if it's a treatment or a modality, how is that actually going to impact them? And why would they care about it? So then the brand's responsibility is to make sure that message, which is not brand, it's really the, the product. How does that message penetrate it's through the brand so it's the hard it's the hardest thing to do you really just have to be yourself you really just have to be unique especially with brands that have strong roots to a founder that's great but we have to definitely help the founder maybe separate themselves from the brand and or business a little bit because it is its own entity but at the end of the day personality is huge being unique is huge and testimonials. Like if you're coming into a space, you probably have tried with a few individuals, again, the product or service, collect that information and amplify it to, to no end. Rinse, wash and repeat. Uh, let people know who and why. And then again, then, you know, on the second date, you kind of take all the data that you have, you take all the information and you have, and you start to mine it, you build insights, you adjust, you change. It's ever evolving, especially on social. And it's such a cost-effective place to test and learn in real time directly with your consumer or customer and have one-on-one conversations completely free. So yeah, it, 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 it's everything. It, it takes a lot of time. You have to be uh, patient with it. And then obviously, as you guys know, with paid, uh, you can amplify. You, you can speed it along a little bit when, when you incorporate paid into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you're pointing to because you're, you're talking about being able to take someone's values. I mean, for, for a business to be able to communicate their message, it needs to be very clear from them themselves and then get it out there. I love what you guys have. And I see it on your, on your uh, tag here at the bottom, keep social, the importance of being able to integrate both the online and the offline, because if we can really be that in person and also connect with the online world, that's going to be a, an integration that's going to create a deeper level of exposure for a company within an industry and obviously create more, more credibility within um, what they're looking to do. Yeah. We like to say like, we're here to keep social media social at the end of the day, these platforms were created to connect one-on-one like humans one-on-one. And so that we were really true to like this roots of social, but we would like to say social media is your brand lived out loud. So if it was a person how would it act? How would it talk? What would it do? Who would you talk to? Who would you, how would you approach a situation? How would you maybe not engage in a conversation? Not every conversation on social, like in real life is appropriate for everyone to participate in. So that's, that's how we like to be a brand come to life is through social. And it's really interesting because I think in the, in the mental health landscape, not just mental health, but wellness overall, the scientific community, the provider community is starting to see that how we exhaust certain avenues to push push treatments or you know certain certain elements of, of of innovative therapies that are out there. It's not the conventional you know billboards and TV commercials and infomercials. I can tell you from private practice, 
we've had the local news stations come in our office say, hey, for a couple of thousand bucks, we're going to record you in the studio talking about your treatment for daytime viewers. And I'm like, the metrics here just seem so <laughs> off because there was no return on that investment. And to me, the organicity of having a, a healthcare provider, professional scientist using social media, using that element of of of, of traffic a bit more effectively creates this personal touch. We use a lot of TikTok channels and Instagram videos and things like that, but obviously we're, we're not doing what serotonin media did on like, as a private practice, but <laughs> the, the mindset's the same because it's far more effective. Let me ask you about that. You know, from your perspective, are you seeing a, 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 a shift in the landscape and wellness as far as how things are advertised, solicited, discussed, talked about in, in terms of certain platforms? Yeah, definitely. So there's two parts to this. One is who are you talking to? So for example, uh, quite a few of our clients in the psychedelic space, they're actually looking to talk to practitioners, service providers, clinic owners, they're not looking to talk to the end consumer who would benefit from a psychedelic treatment, right? So we really have to be very, very mindful in the tone of voice and the copy that we're using. They, you know, we have to be very to choose our words wisely. So we, so it resonates with them and that story, it makes sense. So it has that impact like I talked about before. They're actually going to care about this, right? right? So I, I, I see a lot of entities in this space struggling with who are they really talking to? Are they, and, and therefore what problems are they looking to solve for that person? And then therefore, how does that product or service talk to them? So that I see a lot of brands having and, and companies, I should say, having challenges. So that's one thing. And then another thing is you don't need to be on all the platforms all the time. You, what I always love to do with the business and maybe because this is a business over myself, owner myself, what, what can your practice or clinic and the infrastructure that you currently have actually support through content creation? So, you know, yes, if, if every founder was comfortable getting of, of a clinic or a practice and they, they want their face to be the brand and they were comfortable, you know, making TikToks and posting TikTok is great for a lot of uh, education and information. If the clinic owner is comfortable and available to do that, amazing. Let's leverage that. If they're not, that's also okay. That doesn't mean your social is not going to be successful. There's tons of trends. What we like to do is find operationally, how are you going to be able to pump out content to the to the, the level that the platform needs? And then what's going to be consistent? And then what's going to resonate? Again, we can test, we can test and learn. You don't have to make one decision and then, you know, do it do it consistently and then that's it that's where we kind of want to make sure people are so it's sustainable i think that's the most important thing because a lot a lot of people start and stop so you're saying don't post content every day like and i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of work social is a full-time job for one business let alone you know multiple service offerings multiple testimonials before and afters uh, Mm. etc no, you don't need to post every day. You can if you if you have it, but you don't need to. Good to know for you listeners out there that have that question <laughs> in mind because it always comes up, right? Well, which is which is so key because again, in this world where there's so much content being pumped out consistently, um, mm-hmm. there's someone that, that I listen to that says the more content you have, the more ability you have to reach the eyes that you're looking to reach. Yeah. So adapting from that perspective, what would you say for let's say somebody that has a let's say academic clinic that's looking to start to get themselves on TikTok and Instagram? Maybe they're doing something with Facebook. Uh, What would you recommend for them to post? How many times a week? Yeah. So I always say pick a platform that you're going to be committed to. And honestly, if if you're more comfortable on that one, do it. 
like layered with is your actual target audience there. So, mm. you know, psychedelic treatment specifically, there's a wide breadth of individuals that could benefit from an age, background, generation. It's not, it's much more about your experience and and why you why you potentially are seeking psychedelic treatment for your unique position, right? Or, or, or experience or what you're looking to uh, treat. So we always like to say, yeah, try like commit to one. Again, it depends on uh, the platform, but three a week, good, solid quality, accurate, articulate, no typos, no mistakes. You know, you really get solid, get behind this piece of these pieces of content. Three a week is better than seven silly ones. Now, there is something to be said on TikTok that bene- like that does benefit from, you know, put a ton out there and see what might get caught by the algorithm and go viral. Okay, fine. That is a approach, but it doesn't have to be the approach. In our experience, in this space, quality content that's safe is way more important than volume um, and virality because that one person might see something that's not kosher. Benefit. It hinders your brand in the end. And it's, and it's like what you're saying with the sustainability, better to have something long-term than post a bunch for a short period of weeks and then say, oh, this didn't work when in all reality it was going to really serve the business more sustainability ongoing long-term. Yeah. And for example, Facebook, you can get away with like three a week. TikTok, mm-hmm. you probably want to do a bit more. Every day isn't so bad on TikTok. And what you can also do, some you know, depending on your bandwidth and how much content you have, take one video and post it three different times with different music, the same video, you're going to see different results. So there's different ways you can delete the other ones, or you can keep it on. It doesn't, it depends on what your comfort level is with the aesthetic of your platform. Again, these are all the things that we work at with our clients to understand like what their comfort level is. And then IG, Instagram, that's where we probably do the most work because it has the most scalability for for these brands. And you can layer in paid, the, the paid, the paid of meta, which is the parent company of Instagram is so sophisticated you could do so much so that one is a, and there's so many different products like mm-hmm. instagram reels posting carousels there's so much you can do so that one is very unique per, per brand as long as you're active at least five times a week on that in the different ways that you can be it doesn't have to be all reels you'll see growth share with us you, you mentioned a couple of times now the importance of having a very clear target audience you're looking to reach there's yeah. some people that we speak with that were saying okay who are you looking to communicate like everyone uh, and like, oh, we get it. We, we, us too, us too. But if we're going to drop a dropper in an ocean, it's going to be a much different, different mm-hmm. result if we do a dropper in a cup. So for someone yeah. that's out there trying to reach everybody, how would you support them and creating clarity as to who that target audience is? Yeah, I think uh, Beyond Marketing has a similar approach. And we actually just posted about this on our, on our social, Saratina Media on Instagram. But um, basically, what depending on the business there's going to be and again specific with psychedelics like there's a treatment that's going to get them in the door or at least reach out to you that that they're like the 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 leader kind of thing and then there's going to be one that they actually stay with you for and then there's going to be one that you know they might buy or, or or experience once a year so and the way a clinic is often built there's there's different audience there's different audience isn't the right word, patients that, you know, would benefit for them. So what we like to do is take your services or your products. What, who do they benefit? Who are they? What are their problems? What are their suffering? And then how can you solve that with the product? And then 
from a money perspective, like from a business model, which one should be your leader? Which one is going to get them in the door or to book your business? And then we can we can still hit them up with all the other services and, and you know, build revenue from them. But let's maybe start there. So then we're talking to one type of person and one type of concern more consistently than trying to hit everything all at once. I get it. I'm a business owner. I'm trying to sell my social. I'm trying to sell my paid. I'm trying. But at the end of the day, especially those who are suffering, they just need a little bit of relief. And then once you get them in with that, then you can layer in. And again, we work with some really big brands. There's other modalities that you can consider in terms of the social space, right? So there's organic social, there's paid, but maybe email marketing is going to be the way that you hit them up with another service, right? We see this bigger picture and want to take it into consideration. So to answer your question in short, define them, right? They're, give them a name. Give them what are, what do they do in their off time? What are, where do they work? How much money do they make? What are they doing with that money? Uh, do they have kids? Are they single? Like re- make them a person, maybe three types of people, and then talk to them like mm. you would in real life. Which so, so sorry, sorry, Seth, go ahead. Go, go. No, you go after after. I, you know, no, it's you just hit you hit a real strong chord there because for years, in my experience with with patients, they they are consumers. They're looking for that gratification. They're looking for that that reward, that that uh, you know, feeling of 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 some sort of accomplishment by visualizing something and being able to see it. And when you talk about that target audience, these consumers, these patients, that gratification comes through having a plan, a motivation. So when this content shows that there's a possibility of something that can help them, and there's a strategic plan to do so, and it's all in this content, it's very informational. That gratification is what what I've seen is help convert a lot of, you know, leads into patients for providers, for the psychedelic community, for the wellness, you know, organizations that are out there. And I think that's one of the things that we're starting to see a shift in. And I thanks to efforts like yours, it sounds like, is that we're actually kind of setting the precedent of how this is done. So that's that's pretty exciting to me. I do have a question, though. The term serotina, I'm, I'm t- I keep thinking serotonin. So, like, you got to tell me what, where, yeah. is that, where did that okay. come from? So- Seb asked how I got into this. So I studied immunology in university and okay. I knew first year because I wanted to go to medical school. I knew first year, I was like, this is not for me, but I was really <laughs> proud of what I was doing and, and I was getting good results in, in, I went to McGill in Montreal. So I was like, okay, let's, let's wrap this up. So when I graduated, I worked in an e-com company. I, you know, had some fun, took a couple of years, I started social media freelance when I was studying for the GMAT because I wanted to do my MBA. That's when everything shifted. I was too young to do my NBA at the time. I was 23. Uh-huh. I would have, you know, it wouldn't, it, I, I didn't have any business acting to benefit from it. So that's when I started social media freelancing. I'm sure there's some listeners on the West Coast. I go to Burning Man. Um, I've been like four or five times now. And I kind of knew I wanted to cook up an agency, but I really was a freelancer. And I really, these roots in immunology and microbiology, I wanted to incorporate them. My playa name is Black Cherry. So I was like, Black Cherry Media, let's go. Because all the a lot of art <laughs> from my first year at the burn inspired me to actually lean into my creativity and being creative. And I didn't really own that before. And now I'm all about it. So Black Cherry Media, I couldn't get the domain. I was like, oh, let's, okay, let's, let's have some fun here. So Puriformis Seratina is the phylogenetic name of a Black Cherry. So <laughs> hence Seratina Media. And that's why we've got cherries everywhere. That oh. is 
So cool from the Rosa Sea of or Rosa Sea of family. Uh, or whatever. That's that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Fun, right? Uh, nice, nice. Which goes to show the intentionality between the work that Serotina Media does, right. which is so powerful because you bring you, you're talking about something so important before Daphne for somebody a business to be able to create a really clear message to the right person, and to be able to build a business from it, to be able to create revenue from it, to understand which deliverable, which service is going to bring me the most revenue, which is going to create the longer lifetime value. I think a lot of people, when they get into business, they don't think about this. And then you couple it with social media. It's like, oh, all I'm going to do is post up and I'm going to see how it goes, where you could do that. But intentionality throughout the process, having a strategy throughout the journey is going to create a whole lot more results, which at the end of the day is what you're looking for. You're not looking for somebody to like all your pictures and not take the action. No, they're not fine. Treatment. It's shifting now, but a lot of people still have this obsession with follower count. I'm like, if they're following you, they're not necessarily buying from you. If you're going to get one action from them on social, you want them on your website or pressing the call button. Again, depending on how you don't want them clicking the follow button. Okay. Once you, if they're considering you and you want to jump in, like you want them to be able to get, see your content fair but now the way the social platforms work, they don't need to follow you to see your content if you're relevant to them based on the hashtags you're using, the, the content you're actually pumping out because now the there's machine learning that will scan the content. We're all on, I'm assuming a lot of us here and listening are on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok specifically, their algorithm is so good at suggesting content that you're not already engaging with. To KPIs, you don't like for your business, uh, you don't want them to follow you. You like literally, I mean, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. We like to say social is an inclusive place, right? You actually don't mind if they're your customer consumer and they're following you. Like if, if they're not, and they're following you great, like the metrics will, you're building your community, whether they, there's no harm in it. Right. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot of education that comes with my, especially as I lead accounts and I'm really on the client service side, there's tons of education that goes with our role to be like, no, this is actually what your business needs. Trust me. I know I've done this for years. I'm going to show you, and I'm going to work with you to show through your business how, and one thing you're saying about, you know, a lot of practitioners or clinic owners, they're not, they're entrepreneurs or their service. They're, they're looking to help an individual. They're not really supposed to be social media experts or, you know, you, you know, business analysts to build a, a revenue or a funnel to work just like beyond marketing. We're here to help them do that. So, so yeah. So then the question I have to ask is what's more important, a like or a follow? <laughs> Honestly, a save. On Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Pardon me? Does it help the algorithm more when somebody saves it versus some liking or follow? It's it's a more what's the right word? The intent is higher. They're really curious. They're gonna look at it later or or they're gonna DM it to someone like, hey, check this out, or hey, I'm curious about this, or oh, let me come back to this. So because the way the algorithm works, if they follow you, doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna see your content if it's not relevant to them in the in the way that they are consuming content on that platform, right? Like for me, I consume a ton of art on Instagram. I very often don't see other things that are in my interest in terms of like music, shopping, etc. Right. Me as a consumer, not me as a marketeer. But if I save something. I'm going to see a lot more of that content. So the algorithm learns from that as well. The The word engagement on the social platforms has really widened based on the behaviors of the users. 
Mm. which is so key based on the behaviors of the users. So if I'm a clinic owner looking to contact more people that could potentially need uh, ketamine treatment, for example, mm. then who is that person? Back to your point earlier, what are they exactly. liking? What are they spending time in? What are exactly. they spending money on? So yeah. important. Exactly. Exactly. Who are they? Like, what does that human do on social? Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on, and in this space, there are terms and conditions to the platforms that may not allow for, as explicit communication as the clinic would like, or is able to do, you know, in print flyers communications. So that's also a layer that we we help our clients navigate with. But yeah, to your point, if, if they're not consuming that content naturally on the platform, okay. we're going to look at other ways. So I'm brand new to my business, or maybe I'm not brand new to my business, but I'm brand new to starting to use social as a way to expand my brand. What are some one, two, threes that you would recommend for me to do? Totally. Download an app. Like if you're going to down one, download one of them and just hang out on it for a bit. Scroll, like understand what that platform, you're going to be able to either work with an agency or work with your team better because you're going to understand it for yourself as a user on that platform. So, and like, we like to say, pick one, especially we're seeing so many more social platforms come up to our opinion, it's not going to be sustainable for businesses to have presence on all. So probably two years ago, you wanted to be on Facebook, Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And you would, depending on your bandwidth, you probably had mirrored content across all. And then one would be the leader, which has the most content and the most novel content and everything kind of gets repeated on the others. Again, it's just to be kind of everywhere all at once sustainably. Now what we're seeing, it's like, no, why would I do that? I'm going to, that's always been our recommendation to be clear, pick one, double down on it. But now, so IG and threads or IG and TikTok, or there's some more niche social, social platforms coming into the game that are much more specific to an audience or a community. We're saying, Hey, choose one of the leaders or, you know, everyone's on IG. Most people are on IG. Most people are on mm-hmm. TikTok and then pick a secondary one. That's much more uh, niche. So Figure that out again, depending on where your customer, consumer, patients are. Pick one and just play on it a little bit. See, see what you like, see what you don't like. Try and see it from your patient's perspective, not just your perspective. But at the end of the day, if you like it, you're more likely to participate, understand it, and give better feedback to whomever is responsible for creating the content and executing against it. So that was always the first recommendation. And then second, again, be realistic with what you have the bandwidth to contribute and create as content. Cause at the end of the day, a lot of our clients are, we're the subject matter expert for social. You're the subject matter expert for your, uh, your, your treatments or, you know, what your clinic has, has to offer. So let's be mindful about what you can actually provide and sustain on the platform. Cause consistency is key across these platforms. If, you know, like I said earlier, if you're not going to be able to commit to creating multiple videos a week, don't do it. You don't have to do it. You know, there's, a, there's, a, I need to be on TikTok and, you know, have a green screen behind me and give all my knowledge as me as a doctor. Like, yeah, you could do that if, if, if you want, but you don't have to. So that, that's the two things and think you can test and learn, you know, Hey, I'm going to commit to a blog a week. Amazing. There's so much social content that you can repurpose from one blog post in terms mm. of imagery captions, ha- like there's so much you can do. So that's kind of what we like to do and work with them. So think critically about that and be realistic and get comfortable with one. And then, okay, the blogs are kind of turning, you know, maybe someone's ghostwriting them now for me. I'm ready to start with videos. Like let's, let's do two a week, you know, 
I'm going to put it in my calendar. My Fridays when I'm doing, what's it called? Um, when they're doing um, outpatient work. Okay, let me set up my camera. Three questions a week I need to answer and then hire someone to do the post-production. Don't even like, yes, okay, fine. If you really want to save on costs, the platforms are super um, user-friendly to do your post-production to post, but it's not probably the most efficient use of the doctor's or the Mm -hmm. practitioner's time. Hand it off to someone, it's going to be more cost-effective per hour. You know what I mean? So, okay, Okay. now we've got blogs and now we've got social. So that's kind of how we start building well, you know what? I, I think you're being too kind uh, to to the to the provider community because we talk to. I mean, myself alone and Sebs has. We we've talked to so many providers that you know don't want to take that extra step. And you know, as a person, a normal human being who's seeking certain type of care, that relatability with what that provider provides is far greater than any type of advertisement or or newspaper ad or anything or billboard. To me, I don't want to see that. I want to see some organicity to the conversation. So I'm going to call out your providers out there. If you're not using social media and you're saying, oh, I'm not having patients come in or my office isn't doing so well, use social media. She's telling you right here. This makes sense. I have a question for you, though. Where does LinkedIn fall into all of this? Great question. LinkedIn is really, really great for thought leadership. That's no secret, but as from a human, so a lot of your, from a human, the, again, if there's a founder story, story that can be leveraged, great. Get from their mouth, not, not from the business page with them speaking on it, if that makes sense. So the, in the world of just to make sure everyone's on the same page on LinkedIn, you can have a company page. There's different types of company pages, or you can be a personal, but you have a personal page. That's a little simplified, but it's fine. So you see the most success when a personal page is pumping out thought leadership that actually has an opinion. It's not like, oh, you know, this is a new trend in psychedelic research. I'm on board. No, it's like, hey, this is really great. I'm curious about this. There needs to be more research here. This is how these are my opinions on it. And here's why. Oh, okay. So that I connect with that or I don't connect with that. That's also fine. You want to kind of have people start to think whether they are aligned with you or not. And then they'll follow along. Oh, I'm really curious about their opinion. I trust their opinion. Oh, I think it's really, really relevant. Oh, they're really into, they're really further along in certain treatments uh, with psychedelics that I'm more curious about. I'm going to give them a follow. So that performs really well. Brand page that kind of mirror that same content, but are from a brand page lack personality and therefore don't perform as well on LinkedIn. Again, that's a huge generalization. There are exceptions to that. If a, if a brand or a clinic is p- positioned to be a thought leader and their opinion matters in the industry, again, maps is a great one, Like people really want to know, then it's a different story, but that's kind of where we like people to start unless it's an established brand um, where their opinions are really relevant in, a, in, a, in an industry. Yeah, because LinkedIn for me has become more of like this social connection rather than a professional connection from what it used to be, you know, and I'm talking about LinkedIn almost 10, 12 years ago when I first signed on, I'm like, this is really cool. This is all professionals, academics, researchers, uh, business professionals, and then all that. Now, I mean, and no knock on anybody who's in this field. I know, you know, Sebastian's a high performance coach, the real deal here. But in the last five years, I've seen this plethora of these self-proclaimed life coaches that have popped up on LinkedIn telling me, hey, do you are you living your best life? I'm like, dude, who are you? Where is this coming from? Then you're getting messages, you well, let's connect, let's connect. That word is being overused a little too much these days, too. That's a different story. But it's saturated to me. That's what I see with LinkedIn. That's what I see with Facebook. So it sounds like IG, TikTok 
are kind of the more effective tools these days for, for certain levels of branding. But when we're talking about thought leadership, you're saying LinkedIn is more of a better avenue for that. It's a smaller audience pool than like IG and, and, and X, like the new Twitter meta, right? So again, are, is your audience there and what type of content are they consuming there? Do you fit into that and can fit into that from a subject matter, but can you stand out in that? And if you can be part of it, try it for at least a year, if not longer. And if consistently, <laughs> if you can't, that's also fine. Find another platform. So you're saying delete my MySpace is what you're saying. <laughs> I loved MySpace. Okay. I'm, I'm old enough that I was on MySpace first. <laughs> I just had to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I think it's amazing because as everything continues to expand and evolve, I mean, definitely you brought, you bring on those other niche uh, socials that are coming out. The Reds within a day blew up incredibly. Obviously it's a brother, such a company to Instagram. Yeah, so it makes they sense. They had a leg up. They had, they had, they they had, had a big leg up. Leg up. That, that's very hard for other companies <laughs> To do. But now as, as a business is expanding and as we're looking to, especially psychedelic industry, which mm-hmm. is still like in such its infancy, if mm-hmm. you're a provider, if you're someone that's looking to build value delivery through these socials, to be able to use it in an effective way. And like Daphne is sharing the, uh, doing it so in, doing so in a strategic manner that actually drives results because there's nothing that's going to be more, um, I guess, frustrating, you could say, for a post that has a bunch of thousands of likes but is it actually leading to any results? And do you even know? Can you track that? Can you actually understand that? Okay, this one worked, this one didn't work. Yeah, so to that point, it's we we always like to get really, really clear about what is the, you said, is it working? What's the expectation of the platform? Like, are likes going to convert to leads one-to-one? No. And can you track them on organic social? No. So let's not expect that of the platform. That's not its that's not what it's going to do for your business, right? What it's going to do, what we like to say, it's going to validate. So if someone finds out who you are and is curious about you, they're going to go to your social channels, Instagram, for example, and they're going to kind of vet you like, oh, do they talk about things that are relevant to me? Are they answering the questions that I have? Is their tone of voice aligned with mine? Is their value? Can I, can I get a sense of their values? Um, are they friendly? Are they approachable? Are they really industry leading, more, more disruptive? That's what so organic, like Instagram, like I said, is going to, is going to do, and it's going to, like I said, it's either going to, they're going to find out about you that way, or they're going to commit to you that way or try a clinic or a practice out after seeing their own social. So we like to get really clear on what is our goal with each platform before we're, before we say, is it working or not? Yeah. And set forth the right expectations, understand what it's actually being used for and understand what it's going to actually bring to the space. I get that. Daphne, this is such a great conversation uh, for anyone listening. We, uh, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. There's so much that goes yeah. along branding, branding, marketing, socials, being able to connect with the consumer in your community, being able to drive a message, being able to drive a message effectively, which is how Daphne started the conversation. So key, Daphne, where can someone uh, keep in touch with Sertina, with yourself? Yeah. What's the best way to follow? Totally. You can follow me, Daphne J. Barron on Instagram. I'm, I'm pretty active slided to my DMs. I'm always, I'm always here to have a conversation. I love talking to people. As you guys know, <laughs> I love yep. meeting people. I love talking to people. And if I can help you with your social, I'm more than happy to. And if she's saying contact her, she doesn't mean on MySpace, guys. We're <laughs> <laughs> no, slide into my DM. Or she's yeah. email if you're more comfortable with Daphne. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you all for the time, Daphne. Dr. Curran, thanks a bunch for taking time to be here. Really excited. If you're a listener and you got value out of this, go check out Seratina Media. If you're looking to build and scale your business and using branding as a way to do so, Seratina will help you do so. Keeping it social as everything continues to expand. Woo! Awesome. Amazing. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Have a great day.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.